we're back with Cinema Cemetery. I'm Dan. And I'm Kate. And welcome to our 53rd episode, as it's time for some 80s Rewind. Kate, we're in the 1980s, and I don't know about you, but it feels like we're almost done with this thing. Kind of, but also, this is the song that never ends. It goes on and on, my friends. I think there is some interesting bias uh, because, you know, we're in the 80s now. And as we came into the 80s, I was thinking, oh, man, we're almost done. Right? The 80s wasn't that long ago. I was alive in it. and 80s was a while ago. 80s. Turns out the 80s was a while ago. Uh, This movie... This movie came out 41 years ago, so we have 41 episodes to go, uh, and uh, we've we've only done 53. We are over halfway, but barely. Um, Wait, we're we're just over halfway. Well, we did. (laughs) We're at 53, and we've got 41 to go. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. It just feels when I think about. Like the 40s, which seemed to fly by when we were in them. But my goodness, it feels eons ago. So many things have changed in my life since then. I know. And I was thinking, too, about, you know, those things when you have to pick your age on a on a form online right so yeah you put, you put the, the month and the day and then you get to the year and i am so used to going to the year and just giving it a spin and then mm, i usually am within a couple when i click so the other day i did it a spin 2002 uh, oh okay oh. <laughs> i will i will i will spin it a second time uh there we go and i was i was a little bit closer um whatever missing is dan dramatically like demonstrating his spin yeah and then he did it again no one yeah no do you want to know my my check this week for my age what's i had to i had to google what cap no cap meant it like oh well i did have to google that two years ago but yes that was that's a new one oh well you work with you work with the youth i only work with youth occasionally so yes you couldn't have told me. Just well, been Kate, like, hey, there's a new jargon. Speaking of working with youth, welcome to 1980s Best Picture. <laughs> the story, the story of a youth, uh, oh, and the story of a, a normal youth. Uh, in fact, that's oh. the name of this movie: Normal Guys. Is that? No. Is it? I don't youth. It, or, no, it's okay. ordinary, ordinary people. Ordinary People, 1980 Best Picture, our 53rd episode starring a younger Donald Sutherland and a, older, a wee cherub. An wee older cherub. Mary Tyler Moore. And they, they were the same age. They were the same age. Yes, but it's funny. You only think of Donald Sutherland as the guy from The Hunger Games or the HBO shows, and you only think of Mary Tyler Moore as being married to Rob on Dick Van Dyke. Or, or Mary, Ty- or Mary, or Mary Tyler, Tyler Moore. Yeah, yeah. And so she's older than both of those. She looks ancient in this. Donald Sutherland looks so much younger, and yet they're both, what, 41, 45, we said in this I think movie. it was 45. 45. Yeah, because I was like, I was like, she looks so much older than him. And then we Googled and was like, oh, that's awkward. It's real yeah. awkward. Yeah. And Timothy Hutton, who I guess was in some TV shows. Um, I, I, I don't, not too did not know who he is. First and role. Emily... It was Elizabeth Montgomery with her young wee cherub face before she was, well, she did things before Downton Abbey, but hot damn. And the guy from Taxi, and I don't know Taxi very well. Judd Hirsch, the, the guy, guy from Judd Hirsch. He also Judd is in Dear Hirsch. John, and he had other TV shows which are escaping me. He's great. I love Judd Hirsch. 
Right. Right. And so this is it. Ordinary. (laughs) That's that kind of describes me for this whole movie. When the first time I saw it (laughs) back in the day, and and I'm trying to be fair with this. I disliked it actively the first time I saw it. Oh, my goodness. Ordinary people. Yuck. Uh, I watched it this time. I more ordinary people. I have no no opinion of this movie. Uh, I I think it it definitely did what it set out to do well. It's not like it tried to do one thing and failed, right? Um, Yeah. But I just didn't care about the thing it wanted to do. And I'm surprised that it was even in consider. This seems like one of those movies that gets nominated and it's happy to be there and good for it. I just can't believe this this would have captured uh, America at the time. But I guess we'll talk about that. Yeah, and I am wondering, you know, Robert Redford was the director. You did have Mary Tyler Moore, so there was some billing there. Was that it? You know, was that the thing that really made people really want to see it or connect to it? I don't I don't know. You and I were not connected to the movie. Maybe but, it's that th- I, I'm surprised in this journey uh, how many people were in Best Picture winners that I never would have thought if you would ask me, you know, is Frank Sinatra in a Best Picture movie? No way, right? Is yes, Mary Tyler is. is Mary Tyler Moore in a Best Picture movie? No way. Is Christopher yeah. Walken in a Best Picture movie? He's, He's in, two in two of them, two of them, back to back, right? Uh, you never would have guessed. I would, I would guess that Christopher Walken would. That's, yeah. that's, but is Judd Hirsch in an Academy Award winning movie? That was a surprise. Yeah, it's weird all these stars were picking up, and that's good. I'm glad they were part of the team coming along <laughs> here. So I, I don't care about this movie, but I'm glad I'm glad to know that Mary Tyler Moore was in a, a an Oscar winning best picture. Is that is that and your not, big takeaway? And not just not, your... and not just going, oh Rob on the Dick Van Dyke show. Right. Uh, she actually was uh, in a series Or Mr. Grant. That I never really saw the Mary Tyler Moore show. I oh, have seen an see, episode I... or two. I was a big fan. Big fan. Love so, Kate, what, what happens in Ordinary People? Um, I might actually do okay here. Now, you watch. I'll say that, and I'll do really bad. Um, it follows the life of an upper-middle-class family. We meet them soon after one of their sons, Buck, dies in a boating accident and is also with their other son, Conrad. And we meet the family. Buck has died, and Conrad has attempted suicide and been hospitalized. And we meet them just after all of that has gone down. So you're watching an upper upper middle class family grieve or attempt to grieve and process just all of this emotional shit. But all of them are very repressed about it, except for the dad. Now is it's been everything? it's been a bit of time, right? This is more than just a couple months or a couple weeks. This is like a, ye- a year later or eighteen is it months. A year? It, it seems like, like six months, maybe seems, six. But we're out of the initial, you know, shock and a- anger phase. It's it's just mm-hmm. that now it's now everybody else has moved on and the family's trying to figure that out. I would say the mom is pretty angry still. It's well, it's interesting. Yes. So the the movie is very much at first. It just seems to be how is the the brother handling it? Because mm-hmm. how is the how does he doing? Connie. Oh, Connie. How, how's he handling being back in school? Everybody's sort of walking on eggshells around him. The parents aren't sure how to talk to him. But as the movie goes on, you learn that no, it's more. It's about more than just Connie. It's about the parents as well. And yeah. and less of it. Less about how they're handling the death and more about how they're handling Connie's handling of it. 
Yeah, it's very weird. The dad seems to be very attentive and aware that Connie has gone through like a more intense version of what they're going through and that Connie still isn't processing it and that he's still internalized a lot. And so the dad is trying to be very attentive and the mom is just removed. I mean, it, it becomes apparent that Buck, the son that died, was her favorite. And so she resents it, I don't, it, it, she never very clearly says that she resents him, but it definitely, that's how she treats it. She resents Connie for being alive. Didn't really like him all that much in the, to begin with. And now here we are. Is this the part of the movie I missed? Cause I wasn't paying attention. No, I'd say that's fair. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, okay. You, I thought you, I missed the, I missed you sort the of jump to the big reveal at the end, right? As we go okay. through the movie, it turns out, you know, some people, uh, I think about that line from the West wing with Leo, right? The first time Which you one? get up, first time you <laughs> get out of, the first time you get out of rehab, your friends embrace you. The second time you get out, get away from me. That's what it's like, right? Uh, and so the, the you see the father. I remember that one. Leah's basically saying that that's why he doesn't speak about his his. We're getting off track here, but that's why he doesn't tell people about his relapse. You know, he's talking about how Leo, the alcoholic character in the West Wing, he was in rehab. He comes out. He had a relapse. He never told anybody about the relapse because he knew that he wouldn't be accepted. Uh, And so that actually doesn't happen here, but it's almost the two different ways you see Connie being accepted by by the parents, uh, the dad is is continuing to try to support, and the mother, anytime he has any sort of regression or any sort of setback, it's, or even I, just an outburst of emotion, which right. is normal. It's I'm not dealing with this again. I'm not going through this again. I'm not, uh, etc. Uh, and so yeah. that's that's a kind of how it starts. And and you know, you've seen a bunch of movies. What's this movie heading towards? It's going to be this tearful mother son reunion connection at the end and she's going to realize she was wrong well as you're watching it you know you're you're putting your your movie glasses on and you're thinking okay so mary tyler moore is is unable to to deal with this and the the son doesn't know how to talk to the mom and you draw the lines out and you're like wait is that is that how you watch movies is that why you all because you're always anytime we've whatever in the history of our friendship watching movie you're always trying to decide what the ending is like five minutes in you're like i figured it out is that what it like you put your movie glasses on and you like draw the lines well the the good script should be drawing the lines for you right the thematic elements should be introduced immediately and then uh clear of a through line throughout but what about the the twists and turns of a plot sure yeah that's why you watch because sometimes you're wrong but that's why endgame was so good anyway we come back well see endgame ended exactly like i thought it would it was just the middle the middle that went in different places we watched Endgame too. We should talk about that instead. Our, that's that's the that's the non ordinary people. That's the extraordinary people, which is actually another word for superhero. But this was the opposite of that. This is just or, ordinary people, just just people. People, just being people. So yeah, you think it's gonna end in this mother son reunion, and and you know they will find a way to love each other. But the mom just keeps, you know, it's very strange and and, and very realistic, I think, in some ways. The dad keeps reaching out and keeps reaching out, and the mom keeps pushing back. The kid's going to therapy, and and what was described and hailed as a very realistic portrayal of therapy. I agree. I loved what Judd Hirsch was doing. I loved his choices. Um, I 
did not love his boundaries though because when the kid like called him in the middle of the night like and he just shows up at the office like dude therapy is for therapy time um call a crisis line those oh, well they didn't have crisis yes yeah, it's, it's clear that like he was probably gonna hurt I himself understand. he has just gotten news that one of his <clears throat> friends from the hospital has has committed suicide a girl that seemed fine re- recently and right yeah so there's ups and downs here but it's a slow move through grief it's realistic but also very quiet and the I just wasn't connected to any of the characters. And I don't know if it's because, you know, it was hailed as, it was very praised because it was an upper middle class family, but they didn't really like hammer on that. It was just like, oh, people with money can still go through really dark things, right? Which is true because the kids were like boating. And who boats? Unless you got money. But I just... The dad I was connected to, he seemed real. And were you connected to anyone, Dan? No, no. I, I thought the Donald Sutherland character, the father, was interesting. I guess my issue was I, I didn't dislike it, but I have seen it done many, many, many times before. Yeah. It's the stereotypical it's the stereotypical patient is being real grumpy for most of the movie and it ends with the the, the argument between the therapist and the patient uh, and it ends and the with breakthrough and it ends which, with which i rarely it was happens. It, it was my fault no it was you know this was done in goodwill hunting speaking of west wing this was done with josh and his therapist right this and is, then it was done with the president and the same therapist right and so we've seen this and we've seen this done not maybe not better but we've seen this done in a more interesting way in a more modern way and so watching this it was like oh i guess this is the is this the grandfather of those movies probably but i don't think this movie is superior to those and so if you've seen goodwill hunting you've pretty much seen this movie it's and and you've seen it with i think actors and a story that's a little more fun to watch i don't know i haven't seen goodwill hunting so maybe i should go watch it uh, Goodwill Hunting is okay, but uh, <laughs> if you... you don't even care about Goodwill Hunting, so why would I? I still want to see it though. It just feels like I should. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting's got got little little bits and pieces in there. But anyway, uh, we were watching it, and, and we were saying it's going to end with the "It's not your fault" monologue, and it did. It just ended with a different one. Yeah, and like the mom leaves, and it's just I don't even care to tell you. It doesn't matter. Like it was so, it just, I think it, it, it felt it was significant and I just, it was fine. You know who loved the movie though? Watch the whole thing. Who? Your, your three-year-old loved it. He did. He did. He kept saying, they sad. All right. Uh, all <laughs> or, or wow, a park. Wow. Yeah. A leaf. Oh, a he boat. Was very into the scenery. Yes. Very into the scenery. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, a lot, a lot of background, a lot of golf in this movie. A lot of golf in this, so much golf because of the upper middle class thing. Yeah, but it, it, it was fine. I didn't necessarily like. I don't know for such heavy subject matter. I just wasn't, I wasn't connected. So I, I think the real tragedy of this movie is that it won the same year that Raging Bull won. And while I have not seen Raging Bull for quite some time. Martin Scorsese directing, Robert De Niro starring. 
um, extremely feels like a not like a home run, doesn't it? Bo- you know, boxing film, uh, clearly great cinematography. It's done in black and white. Robert De Niro gains fifty pounds to play the same character at different stages of his life. Um, Damn, Bobby! What it's not. Oh, who else was in it? Uh, the Joe Pesci. Um, yeah, just really a really solid movie. I believe AFI put it in their top five, maybe. I think they had it like as their number four movie of all time in their most recent ranking. And so the fact that that movie didn't win Best Picture, it's a shame. Now, I understand, right? Robert De Niro just won in 1978, just won in sure. 1974. So, do, you know, can we find somebody else? Absolutely. Uh, but also this movie comes, you know, we've got divorce and, and custody battles with Kramer versus Kramer. Now we've got therapy and death of children. It's like, oh, we're just dealing with like kind of mundane bummer issues that people deal with two years in a row like sad just sad white people shit like that's kind of what it feels like yeah because all these people like had money they were like you know what i mean it wasn't that like rocky was an underdog so it's different yeah 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 i don't know and and you can empathize with all of these characters i think like you even though mary tyler moore is the perhaps antagonist of the movie more than anybody you could kind of get how she feels you can kind of get how donald sutherland feels the whole thing just seems sad to watch and uh they they all are kind of doing their best and there's little victories and little failures and so like i said it i don't think this movie tried to do something and didn't do it this movie did exactly what it set out to do i just don't want to see that ever again never again twice is too much yeah, I don't know that I would. And I, I kept, you and I both, I, I was very earnest in trying to research something about this movie because it was so, oh, lackluster. Couldn't find much, right? Like, it, no. had, it had good reception, but it wasn't like, this is the greatest thing to ever hit any cinema. Like, people were excited to see Mary Tyler Moore in a new role. And Judd Hirsch was coming out of Taxi, right? So like yeah. That so was both happening. of both of them, they were breakout roles. Oh, the start of a, a movie career, right? More than just their yeah. Comp- they can be serious, but mm-hmm. eh, I bet like I just I'm the emoji with the with the hand sticking out. To the the only bit of trivia I found was that that what's that song called? The Canon song. Pachelbel's Canon. Pachelbel's Canon, I guess, uh, was not popular before this movie, and. Uh, this sort of was the renaissance of the song, and, and now it appears in most weddings uh, for the past 40 years. But uh, Interesting. It, it, you before know, they used it, it wasn't really a thing. I always reject Pachelbel's canon for wedding usage. Just felt, you know, break the mold. Do something yeah. different. Yeah. Well, it was the opposite back yeah. then. You would have been breaking the mold using it. And this movie did. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why it won. Put that song hmm. in there. Maybe because of Pachelbel's canon. Interesting. Well, Kate, I so, I don't know. I think that's all I got on this one. I think this is a short I got episode. Nothing. And in fact, well, Dan and I were like so um, we were nonplussed by this movie that we watched Endgame after. That's why mm-hmm. we were talking about Endgame with us. I started. So what we should have done was do fun mini episodes because I started watching the Marvel movies for the first time ever in february they were my like second vaccine movie so so that i could like you know just like watch them in between the fevers so i watched six marvel movies in a 24-hour period and became hooked and i've just been doing nothing but watching marvel movies since and so 
Dan and I watched Endgame, my like capstone movie. They are um, not meant to be consumed then, that way, but now she's all caught up. <laughs> I really was just like blowing through them. And I'm so glad that we ended Endgame together because I've been watching all of them alone. So it was nice to like share that after Ordinary People. Yeah, yeah. Extraordinary People and Ordinary People in the same day. Balanced out. We ended up just even. If we're nothing, we're thematic. Well, Kate, let's go to the tape. Where do we we rank ordinary people on the list? Oh, gosh, Dan. I don't know. Below How Green Was My Valley? I'm tempted to put it below Greatest Show on Earth, because even that movie had some entertainment to it. I'm going to agree, because that movie had Bob Hope and Bing Crosby eating ice cream in a circus. This tent, and we were excited to see that. Yeah, Broadway Melody, Cavalcade, and Gigi are this probably is only very, very us. They're the only truly bad, bad, bad films that we saw. The others were, you know, there was some level of value to them. But Ordinary People is just <laughs> the just nothing. I I have no feeling know, towards Dan, it. The more the more I think about Broadway Melody, though, like it wasn't its fault. It was only the second best picture. Like it was just trying. I don't know. Didn't know. I think it had to, people had to have thought it was silly back then. Okay, fine. But yes, under greatest show on earth is fine with me. So that puts us, so it goes from the bottom, Gigi, Cavalcade, Broadway Melody, Ordinary People. Ordinary People. Gigi is just so ridiculous and offensive. The other two are just unwatchable. (laughs) And then Ordinary People is so boring. Gigi is offensive. Everything else is, is, there's some pros and cons to it. Yes. My favorite thing about Gigi is that you, with like one kind of noise, like you were just like, and you completely ruined the entire movie for my mother forever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's all it took. (laughs) You're like, oh, that's gross. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was minutes in, minutes into the movie. (laughs) (laughs) And like her, her favorite movie for her entire life was just wrecked. Oh, geez. Anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, that's where I am. That's what I have. I don't even, anything else, Dan? Nope, that's it. But it's time to get started on our 80s journey. It's time to to take off running on this one. And speaking of running, we're heading next to 1981's Chariots of Fire. Ooh, I've never seen One of those movies that everybody knows the theme song, everybody knows the opening credits, and yet those uh, opening credits have virtually nothing to do with the rest of the movie, aside from the fact that it's about running in some capacity. I don't know that I know the opening credits, but I'm sure when we hit play, I will find when, it. When you hear the song, you're going to go, oh, that song, right? I'm excited to say, oh, that song. Yes. Yeah. We'll see. I, I I don't remember. I remember liking parts of it, not liking parts of it. So I really have no idea what to expect. We'll see how it turns out this time. Sounds neat. I'm excited. We, we will have a special guest. Special guest Teresa will be back next week. She has insisted on being a part of both the viewing and the recording. So it'll be three I of us for the next it. round. I love it when special guest Teresa shows up. Do this. It's going to be great. Yeah, it is. All right. All right, cool. Well, that's that's all I got today, Kate. That's all I got. We won't so waste guess, people's time, unlike ordinary people did. Damn, that was a low blow, but okay. 
All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank you to Chaz Hearn for our intro and outro music. Thank you, Andre Perez, for your logo art. And I'm Dan. I'm Kate. And we'll see you next time. I'll go my own way